Hello and welcome. Welcome to the Hope Story Circle. Welcome to the Hope Story Circle put on by the Peace Alliance and welcome to Peace On, your source for inspiring conversations and information from thought leaders across the spectrum on topics related to the strategies of building peace, fostering nonviolence, and creating a world that thrives, shifting our understanding toward empathy, compassion, and connection. My name is Terry Mason. I'm on the board of the Peace Alliance, and I'm joined today to facilitate by Liz Gannon Graydon, who is our board chair, and Yelena Popovich, who is our teaching peace in schools lead. And our special guest today is Jake Graydon, who hmm, might be related to Liz Graydon. I'm thinking, yes, indeed, Jake is Liz's son. So we're so excited to have you join us today, Jake. Can you come off mute and say hello? Yes, I can. Hello. I'm, I'm really happy to be here today with you guys. It's so good to see you. Um, Liz, can you go over the community agreements before we lead into the meditation? I will. Welcome, everybody. The Peace Alliance holds the intention in our gathering to create a space that's welcome to all for listening, learning, open conversation, and engagement. To that end, that we, we ask that everybody be real, engaged, and curious. Be fully present to listen, create space for learning, honor all points of view, acknowledge any discomfort and allow room for healing. We'll do our best to address microaggressions and marginalizing language that may come up. And to that end, we ask that everybody present act with empathy, compassion, and a desire for connection. We really thank you for being here with us and participating in this way. So if anyone has any questions or clarifications about the community agreements, if you could just raise your hand. If not, uh, we will turn it over to Yelena to begin with our uh, gathering meditation. Okay. Welcome, everybody. So good to be here with you Um this morning, I think we are all in the morning, afternoonish time right now. But um, whatever time it is when you are listening to this podcast, welcome. Um, I want to invite you actually in a generosity uh, meditation today. So, whatever posture will allow you to be generous with your own body uh, at this moment. Invite that. And just, you're welcome to close your eyes or just gently gaze down in front of you, whatever feels comfortable. And just grounding to the earth, knowing that that's how we are truly connected no matter where you are in earth right now, we are all touching it. Just for a moment, feeling the space around you, beneath you, above you, inside you, perhaps inviting some Soothing breaths, long, deep inhalation, 
and a slow fall out breath. Inviting a kind and receptive attitude for whatever is arising for you at this moment. And as you settle, I invite you to bring to mind a time when someone was generous toward you. A time someone extended their hand and did something kind to you. Several things come to mind, just pick one. And bring that time into mind in full color, who was there, where you were, just reviving that moment at this moment. And just notice, what is that? Where is that feeling live in your body? How did that make you feel? Now allow that image to dissipate. And I would like to invite you to bring to mind a time when you were generous with someone, a time when you did something kind for someone else. where you extended your hand. Again, really sinking into that memory. How does it make you feel to be generous in that way? Where is the sensation of generosity? Live in your body. Yeah, within each of us, there is unlimited supply of love, kindness, and compassion. And it's from this abundant Art. Generosity flows. And as we close this practice, just inviting you to rest back in your breath or soles of the feet. Thank you for your generosity being here. And thank you, Josh, for being here. Thank you, Jake, for being here and for sharing your story with us. Thank you for your generosity.
and welcome. Thank you so much for that. I really needed that in this moment, actually. <laughs> um, so as everyone said, my name is Jake Graydon. I'm very happy to be here today. I was asked to come on and tell a story that I loved and was really close to me. And I wanted to share the story of the, the very first movie I ever got to make. So I have been a filmmaker pretty much since I could hold my head up. <laughs> I my dad's a director and he's I think wanted a filmmaking buddy and a filmmaking child so as soon as I could hold my head up bloop, plop me in front of a camera uh, and I've been doing that for the last 21 years and I had never made a film of my own and I was sitting on the bus and I was listening to Madonna because I love Madonna and I was listening to her song Ghost Town and if you guys are unfamiliar her song Ghost Town is very wonderful. I highly suggest you listen to it. But one of the lyrics talks about when everything fall, falls down, you'll be two souls in a ghost town. And I hit me like with the weight of the world. I loved that idea. I was like, ooh, two souls in a ghost town. And I was like, I want to tell a story and make a movie about that idea. And so I went to my brother, who's a writer and director, and I said, will you write and direct this idea I have? And he was too busy to make it. And so I was like, okay, I'll write it for you. And then I'll come back and you can direct it when you're less busy. And so I taught myself how to write movies. I went to YouTube and learned as much as I could. And I was writing and writing. And slowly, as time went on, and I was, I was writing these, these characters and these people, it hit me. I was like, I don't want, I want, I want to be the one to bring these characters to life. I don't want to hand these off to other people. So I then had to learn how to make movies and direct them. And that was a, a very scary new process, but I loved every second learning it. And as soon as I was done writing it, I brought it to some of the most wonderful people I know. They agreed to help me with it. And the story I had settled on was to just give a brief summary there's a baby girl who is abandoned in the woods and she's crying out and crying for help. And this monster of the woods comes out and finds her and she picks her up and holds her in her arms and she takes her home and raises her as her own daughter. And I know I don't have a million, two million dollars to make a movie. And so I was like, I wanted to make the monster feel intimate and feel something real to me and i love puppets i was raised on puppets i was raised on sesame street and the dark crystal and and these things mean so much to me so i wanted to make the mom this giant puppet monster she was going to be furry she was going to have a, a deer skull as a head and i came up with all these weird ideas i didn't think anyone would know what i was talking about when i was coming up with these ideas and thankfully i was surrounded by truly the most talented and wonderful people that could help me and guide me and hold my hand through the process of making this idea a reality. And eventually it, I was able to create it. I found some incredible actors. I found a small girl, her name is Sophia, and she could be the lead of my movie. And my brother actually really, really wanted to play the mother. And so he learned how to puppeteer. He learned the mannerisms of, of deer and monsters that he was drawing from inspiration from. 
and he gave a wonderful performance. I am so proud of of everyone that was involved in the movie. I it it really felt like I didn't at all think my movie would get made, and I didn't even think people would know what I was talking about. And I was then surrounded by people who helped me make it happen, and I really felt this this deep sense of. I I matter and I belong and it it really touched me. And even when we had to learn new things together cuz the mom and the baby they don't verbally speak to each other and so I had the idea of oh they have to speak through sign language. I was like they wouldn't know how to speak together. So they've come up with their own ways of communicating and little things like that. And so to just walk you briefly through the movie as I said, she picks up the baby girl and brings her home. And we jump later in their story. And the baby is now a 10-year-old girl. And she's thriving and, and living. And she's being loved by her mom. Her mom's cutting her hair for her so she doesn't get too all over the place. She's helping her learn how to brush her teeth. She tucks her in bed. She finds little stuffed animals in the woods for her so she can has something to sleep with. And eventually, the child realizes that there can be more to life than just this little area she has with her mom. And because this is all she's ever known. So she she's yelling at her mom and she just wants to leave. And she doesn't even know how to f- fully verbalize anything because she never learned a distinct language. So she's just kind of yelling and yelling. And they're both getting into such heated conflict. And eventually she leaves and doesn't come back for a while. And the mom gets so worried and eventually she just accepts that her child's gone. And 10 years pass and the child has still not come back. And one day she decides that she has lived, she has experienced life. You know how 20 year olds think they've experienced life. She's experienced life and she comes back And she has so many stories and so many experiences and so many people she's met that she wants to tell her mom about. And she comes in and she sees that her mom is in the the last chapter of her life. She is on her last legs. And she just realizes that everything she wants to tell her matters less than just being with her and understanding who she is and seeing her how she is. Because the mom looks very different from other people. She's big. She's furry. She has big antlers. Nobody sees her for how she is. And all her daughter has is seen her for how she is because that's her mom. Like, why wouldn't she see her that way? And so she just puts aside all of her stories. She puts aside all of her experiences. And she just sees her child again. And she holds her mom's hand. She asks how she is. And the mother is, is like, she's sick. You know, she, she has nothing else to, to give except for holding her. And so she asks if he, she can just hold her as she passes on. And she does. She, she stays with her in that moment. And she tells her that she loves her in sign language, in their own little language together. And then she quietly passes on. And her daughter stays with her in that moment. And then she hears crying coming from outside, like baby crying. And so she gets up, she leaves her mom where she is to rest. And so she leaves and she goes to the exact same spot she was found as a baby. 
And she picks up this baby carriage and she sees a baby and it looks just like her mom. She's got little fur. She's got little antlers and horns coming out of her head and a little baby deer skull. And in that moment, every argument she had with her mom, every sour experience, every everything goes away because she just gets who her mom was in that moment. She doesn't need you know, decades of motherly experience to understand it. It all hit her in that moment. And so she understands who she needs to be for this person. And she slowly walks away and brings her back to her home. And that was the movie I was so excited to make. And it I never thought it would happen because it, I just thought it was weird and people wouldn't get it. <laughs> and... I, I was trying to be as clear with my vision when I was explaining it to people. And I summed it up very briefly. I was like, because I wanted to be intimate. And the movies I grew up on were very intimate. I loved things like the, the Universal Monster movies, like Frankenstein and The Creature from the Black Lagoon. So I wanted it to feel like that, like a monster movie. But I didn't want to portray the monster as scary. I wanted her to look maybe a little scary. But she was like this, this big old softie on the inside and i wanted it to feel even more intimate than that i was like what's super intimate to a child and i was like a home video i was like i love the idea of of following around kids with cameras following them uh, experiencing their life and so i i told to Josh, my brother his name is josh i said i need to make a monster movie that feels like a fairy tale home video and I was like, and that's all we're going to do with it. I was like, we're going to trim all the fat. We're going to cut out anything that's not at that essence. And we did it and we made it happen. And I'm so proud of everybody that helped me. I'm so proud of all of my actors, my my costume designers. They all got to see themselves on screen for who they are. And I think that at the end of the day, not only is that what the movie is about, but I think that's what everyone desires and deserves out of life they deserve to be seen for how they are and who they are at their essence not who they are at their worst or even their best just them at their essence who are they and then you can decide from there how you feel about that person i suppose um and i experienced that very quickly when i submitted the film to a bunch of film festivals and one of them was a horror festival. I, I Someone suggested I put in a horror festival and I was scared because I was like, I don't think horror crowds will understand it at all. And I sat down and I was shaking. I remember the feeling I was shaking, sharing this movie with a horror crowd. And the movie starts and I'm, I'm closing my eyes. I, I literally don't want anyone to see me. I'm so nervous. And the second it becomes clear what the mother is doing for the baby and caring for and loving her, people started cheering. They started laughing. They started having fun. And I had no idea what that feeling was. I was like, I did not expect that at all from this crowd of people who are wearing these scary Halloween costumes in attendance. I did not expect that at all. And afterwards, everyone got up and they applauded and they did this for every film and it hit me that everyone needs to experience this feeling and not for the ego of it, 
but for the sense of belonging. Like you belong there and you deserve to be there just as much as anyone else. No one is any more or less important than you. And I realized that in that moment. And I guess on some level, I, I suppose I knew that, but experiencing that was wonderful. And I, my, my cast was there, my crew was there, and they all got to see their work be appreciated and seen for exactly how it is. And that is a, a beautiful and wonderful feeling that I'm sure they all felt as well. And my, my dearest, dear friend, I'm not gonna say his name, he came up to me afterwards and I didn't really know who he was. And now I love that he's my bestest friend. He came to me and he said, Jake, I need you to know he ran the festival. He said, I lost, unfortunately, a business during COVID. He said, my girlfriend, his now wife, actually, which I'm very happy about. Uh, he couldn't see her. And he just said he felt numb until he saw my movie. And he said he watched it four times in a row and he cried every single time. And he connected with the story. And that destroyed me. That wrecked me. I started crying with him there. And I'm so glad that this story fell into my lap so that I could then share it with others and people could see themselves in it and people could love with it and feel the movie love them right back, hopefully. And that is, at its essence, why this story spoke so much to me and why I had the greatest experience in the world making it. And now it's about to go out into the world. It's going to be on YouTube very shortly. And I hope for everyone at some point to see this movie. And hopefully they love and connect with it as well, as much as I did. Thank you, Jake. You're very welcome. What a wonderful story. Liz, would you like to send the group out into the breakout rooms with an inquiry. Yeah. Thank you so much, Jake. I really am uh, proud of you and I love that I get to be your mom. Um, when we were on our prep call last night, there were a couple of themes that came up. So I'm going to try to weave them together, right? I'll take a moment to weave them together. Um, I loved the story about when he talks about belonging right? When you meet this character, there's this monster here. And we all have these stories we tell about people outside or things outside or whatever, and we can kind of other or monster them. And yet the story took us that this, this thing that we thought we knew, the simple stories of the monster with the girl brushing their teeth, making a birthday cake, all those things, right? That, that, um, we can let go of judgment of what we think things are looking at the outside. And the other came up. Um, what I love the part when Jake talks about her coming back and she's going to have all these stories of justification and what she wants to say and what she wants to do. And yet when she sits down with her mother, she knows all I need to do is sit here with this other human. And at the Peace Alliance, right, we talk a lot about the conflict, their relationship had ended in conflict. And instead of justifying when they return, that idea that if we sit with one another and look at each other's in the eyes, we have this ability for a human connection. 
And so for the inquiry, um, and the other thing that came up, because a lot of us on this call are artists on one way or other, uh, Jake named it, that as an artist, you put something out in the world, a story of some kind, whether you're a dancer, a painter, an artist, and yet there's this reciprocity that goes back and forth. So what we invite you to go into the room is with this simple idea. If you can think about a time when maybe you had a conflict with someone and that idea with something made you think about them as a human or a moment as a human and you thought, I'm going to approach them not as my story or their story, but who are we as humans in this moment? And if you feel like you want to share that where either someone gave you that grace or or you gave someone that grace um, and it had this ability to just connect at the human level. Is that a clear enough uh, inquiry? Okay. All right. So we are going to go into breakout rooms. I'm going to pause the recording while we do. And our agreements in the breakout rooms are to speak from your heart, to listen with your heart, to say just enough so that others have an opportunity to share. And when we come back, we would love to hear what's alive for you at that time. But don't tell the intricate stories of someone else, tell the themes or tell your own story. But respect confidentiality in that way. So we'll be back in about 15 minutes or so. I'm just going to pause the recording for right now. Welcome back, everyone. <laughs> I'm so excited to see all your happy, smiling faces. And I'm eager to hear what people have to share. What's bubbling up? You can come off mute and speak. <clears throat> Anyone? Angie. Well, I'm not sure that I can say exactly what I picked up from, from Rob, but, and maybe he can say it better when he talked about being an artist and anytime that you think you, so in so many words, know it all, then you really don't know. And then we talked about, he had another point that he says he does more often now. He gave kudos to his wife, of course, but he says he walks away because sometimes that's what it means is time and space. But I would like for him to go over those points so he can say them exactly, correctly, without any misinterpretation. <laughs> yes, we, we, we spoke about, um, yeah, uh, um, in terms of people who, you know, um, you, when you whenever you have conflict with somebody and i said i really have a lot of conflict with people now it's usually something um some kind of ideology that opposes my ideology and i always said that i always i always think of this a song from the 80s that sting wrote called the russians and the basic line is the russians love their children too and i always think about that you know we may have different ideologies but there are things that that we both love that are the same things. You know, we both watch our favorite TV shows. We both love our kids. We both want the same things out of life. So our, our, our lives can't be that different in many ways. Mm -hmm. um, there are ideologies that are going to conflict. And, um, you know, we have to figure out a way 
out of that, you know, um, in terms of what we were talking about with artists, um, she had asked, you know, what brought me to that point? Angie had asked what brought me to this point. Now, yes, I, I credited Liz quite a bit because I grew up uh, in quite a violent society, both outside of my house and inside of my house. And I, and I made the vow not to bring that into my own house. So my kids have never known violence in their life. I've never hit them. I've never, you know, whereas I would get hit over the smallest things, you know, and, um, but it was no one thing that brought me to this point in, in time. And, and I, what I was saying about in terms of artists is that um, the instant, uh, you know, I talk to this with my boys all the time, I, the instant you think, you know, all there is to the art, um, then you've stopped becoming an artist because it never ends. The learning never ends. Um, and, and don't for a second think that you, you are a, a, uh, completely knowledgeable about what it is and that the exact same thing applies to life you know you you stop living the second you know you think you know all there is this is wonderful rob thank you so much oh. for sharing oh thank you thank you Angie, for thanks for teaming it up <laughs> anybody else like to share Well, just reminded me when when you had said that you know once you think you know it all then you know I that that's every teenager that I that I've or a young adult that I've run into that invincibility you know um, and I think with that comes a little bit of courage that you can maybe step out of your comfort zone and you know like I you know I've I've got that you know I I you know I know and it's and it's there's this great thing in, in education that we've had that. Um, almost all of us in, in, that work particularly with the most challenging youth would say, um, you know, like use all those uh, statements that they would, uh, that young adults and teenagers would say about how they know it all. And, you know, I don't need to learn anything else. So it's, it's a, it's a very interesting um, dynamic with young adults who think that they do know it all. And there's almost, it's an invitation to empower them to believe that they do have the capacity to affect change and to use their, you know, belief and confidence to be able to do stuff that they may not other, but because life is going to put them in their place really fast. If we, you know, and, and what we say, and it's also through what we do more than what we say. Mm -hmm. And I think that's, you know, a, another lesson that I have, you know, have found raising many uh, kids as well as teaching uh, thousands and thousands as well. And it's almost like, well, okay, then, you know, it's almost like a challenge but in a positive uplifting way. Okay. So let's, you know, and, and do it in a way that break, you know, call them out to call them in and not even really with young adults and teens in particular, because when you call them out, I find, you know, then you've kind of severed that connection that we have, we need to have with our kids, particularly now, you know, especially young adults need to feel that they do have the power to make effective change because they have the capacity and we believe in them. And I agree with everything you were saying. It's like what I'm trying to do as an educator and a justice worker or warrior is to uh, to under to come from a place of more understanding um, and connection and love and compassion. And thank you for all your words. And I I was with Jake and it was totally engaging and I loved every second of it. And I just for me, I'll quickly wrap it up that I just felt like his story. I can't wait to see it because it just it. It encompasses so much of what life and humanity truly is about. And it reaches across 
every generation from what I could hear what he's saying. So I look forward to seeing this and experiencing it and sharing it widely, especially for those of us who are justice workers, who give so much, who need to refill our hearts so that we could do our best work. So thank, thank you. you, Susan. Yelena and Rob, I'm just going to ask quickly. I'm not, I, I'm not, it's not a response. Is there any way we could quickly put a link to it in the chat so that people could click on it and watch it afterwards? I don't know if that's something we could do quickly. I don't Maybe we can have the link to include when we post the podcast. That would be good. We probably have time for one more share. If anyone has something bubbling up that you feel compelled to bring to the room. Say I'm done. Hi. Hi. Yeah, it's it's a blessing uh, to be here, and it was inspiring. Um, I mean, I count my blessings quite often. Uh, I'm like, I'm really grateful that you know we're blessed to have the time and space to listen and connect. And then I was trying to think, like, when I couldn't connect, uh, what might have stopped me? And like. I think about, I was thinking about conflicts I've had on the road with people, like random people. And like, I realized that maybe the fact that I'm still saying the random people, as opposed to, you know, being able to describe something more about them, probably points to how I did not, am I audible? Yes. Okay. Probably points to the fact that I did not try to connect with the humanity in the same way and... I realize how even though I'm blessed that I have the time and the space to connect and listen here, uh, oftentimes when I'm outside, I'm not this peaceful. Mm. And I don't know how to uh, reconcile myself with that because like, I mean, being in this space allows me to come back to a space where I try to connect more. But I can empathize with those who might not have such a space where they feel they can connect uh, or have the time sometimes to, you know, step back and actually connect with the other person. And like, um, I don't know what the solution is. I mean, but I, I can see that, you know, this is something that I struggle with and I, I just wanted to share, this is a struggle that I have. I, I don't know how this is going to work out or how this will happen. But I know for a fact that when I am outside and then there is a conflict, I, I find it very difficult to bring my, this, myself to this place to connect with the other person's humanity. And um, even though I, I could hear how many people have done it, I still find it difficult sometimes to think about how I will be doing it. I just want to share that. Thank, Thank you. you. Thank you. Yeah, the the human experience is so much about finding our own humanity, isn't it? Yeah. Well, we're near the end of our time together. I did put some links in the chat. The Hope Story Circle and the Peace On podcast are brought to you by the Peace Alliance. Our mission is to educate, advocate, and mobilize people into action 
to transform systems and public policy toward a culture of peace. And our vision, we cultivate peace building to create a world where everyone and everything thrives. Our website is peacealliance.org. There's a link to our Peace on podcasts there and a page about our Hope Story Circles, also a link to our Blueprint for Peace, which is an initiative. If you click on that link, you will send an email to all of your local, state, and federal elected officials to let them know that you support policy related to violence reduction and peace building. Also a link about a piece of legislation we've supported for more than 20 years, H.R. 1111, to create a cabinet-level department of peace building. We are a small nonprofit. We appreciate donations of any size, and monthly donations are especially appreciated. So there's a link to our donations and also a link to our calendar of events where you can see about the other things that we have going on. I do want to share with everyone here today that today is our 99th Hope Story Circle. We've been doing these since March of 2020, and this is our 99th Hope Story Circle. So our next Hope Story Circle on October 14th, we are going to invite back all of our guest speakers. I don't know who will be able to come. We're going to invite them all back and have a celebration of what we've done here. And at that point, we are going to go on a pause. We're not going to continue in the immediate near term. The podcasts are there. I invite you to go and download them and listen to them again. And we appreciate so much all of the people who have joined us here at our Hope Story Circles. So do mark your calendar for October 14th and come join us. It's going to be a bit of a virtual party. So hope to see you there. Liz, do you want to wrap us up today? Yeah, thank you, Terry and Yelena and Jake. Thank you for your story. And for those of you who want to see the film, Yelena did put a link to the film. So if you want to click on that and, and open it and then watch it later. I want to bring into the circle about something um, uh, that you said, uh, the, the two of you said, right? Sayantan, when, when, uh, when you said, call people out to call them in, I kind of like that phrase because there are certainly things we need to challenge in the world today, right? And what I want to offer you in terms of just a little bit of grace, uh, Sayantan, is that there's a reason they call it a practice, right? It takes a lot of practice. <laughs> um, and so I think that idea, if we want to remember that when we call people out, we want to do it with the intention of calling them in. And so uh, I guess what I would like to leave us with as we think for the next two weeks before our Hope Story Circle is that idea is when you find yourself in conflict, if you can remind yourself to just pause and think, what's my intention here? And I may still need to call something out, but if my intention is to kind of look and try to see the human behind, you know, behind the conflict. So that's our invitation as we move into the week. So we're so thankful. I love seeing all these beautiful faces. Um, and I thank you for joining us. And as Terry always says, if you want to come off mute and just kind of say hi and uh, uh, greet one another. Thank you, Liz. Thank you thank so you. much, Terry. <laughs> This is wonderful. <laughs> I love that you were here, Cheryl. I just I just wanted to get a gleam, a glimpse of what was going on. And I love it. I love mm -hmm. it. I love the whole concept. It's fabulous. Thank you, Thanks, Cheryl. Thank you. Thank you so Thanks for much. sharing, Jake. Absolutely. I was very happy to come in here. And I Jake, I can watch your film. Thank you, Anna. Thanks so oh, much. Thank you, Sayantan. Thank Have a beautiful you. two weeks, three weeks.
Yeah. yeah. All right. Have Take a great care. rest of your day, guys. Take care, Thank everybody. You. Thank you for Bye being on time. Thank you. Thank you for joining us today at Peace On. We hope that it inspires you to engage in dialogue in your larger community. Peace On is brought to you by the Peace Alliance, found at peacealliance.org.